For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you ready? Let's make some noise. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Broad Street Line. I'm Roy Burton alongside me, as always, my tag team partner, one Chris Domingo. Mr. Domingo, I say this with a heavy, a, heavy, a, heavy, a heavy sigh. How are you doing during this, as always, during the pandemic, air quotes, Saturday morning, sir? You know what? For special days like this, yes, we need to bring in someone like, like Daryl Morey needs to bring in at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. A guy who can create shots for himself and others. So, mm-hmm. like, that's who we brought in. We we brought in <laughs> a guy that that that's just willing to fire up those shots. This is this is what we do again. Like, I, we are all about the cross racial comparisons here on the Broad Street Line. So we're like <laughs> we're like the Celtics big three. Yes. Um. Again, he is Paul Pierce. Again, when you need a shot, when you need a, when you need a, somebody to call game, you call Jason Ashworth. You know, the <laughs> the unofficial third member of the team. Jason, how's it going, man? Bro, I was doing well till you just compared me to Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is a Hall of Famer. Paul can't P- do it. Wait, 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 can't wait, wait, do it. What do you want? I, I mean, I know he's a Celtic, a life or Celtic lifer. Can't but wheel me a... out in a wheelchair? No, nope, <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you gotta go to the bathroom, and sometimes you, I know, understand. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you know, make it seem like you don't have to go to the bathroom. But no, with Jason Ashworth is here, joining us on 106.5 FM WPPM LP Philadelphia. As we're recording this show, hours before we recorded this show. The deal finally went down. You know, it, it's it's great. You know, it's a good thing. Before, before we get into it, it's a good thing that, you know, that there's something called fate, right? And, and fate kind of comes and intervenes at times. And and we've been, Chris and I have been doing this show for, I think it's over a decade now. And this is literally, this is literally, this week was literally the least amount of time I ever spent putting together a rundown for the show. Because I just work stuff and Chris has work stuff. And it's, it's very busy. But you know what? Didn't need the time this week. Because you know what? Fate came down and fate shined upon all of us because Carson Wentz was dealt earlier this week to the Indianapolis Colts for a third-round pick and a conditional second-round pick, which may become a first-round pick. I will leave it there and turn it over to our guest, Mr. Paul Pierce himself, Jason Ashworth. (laughs) Jason Ashworth, your initial reaction to the news of the trade? Uh, well, because the FCC is involved, I'll bite my tongue just Thank a little you. bit in <laughs> how you. I go about my thoughts. Um, shock. It, not shock because, like, we didn't see it coming. Like, mm-hmm. we knew we saw it coming. But the reality of it, of it actually, the finite reality of, okay, Carson Wentz is no longer a Philadelphia Eagle. And that's all well and good. Look, I get it. I understand why. I don't like it. I never did like it. I never got in the camp of, you've got to trade Carson Wentz. Again, I understand the context behind it. I understand why they did it it was an untenable situation i mm-hmm. get it but just for me i don't know how I, i'm i'm struggling right now to understand how the eagles are better today than they were yesterday i don't i don't necessarily see the path and maybe i'm just thinking short term right mm-hmm. maybe i'm just thinking well okay for 2021 they're not any better and it's not about just 2021 right it's about short term and long term but i'm not for me i'm a carson guy I, I always have been, you know, by and large anyway, mm-hmm. an 11 supporter. I understand he had a terrible 2020. I I just – I can't help but think that Howie – and I have also defended Howie at times, but Howie and most importantly Jeffrey Lurie have just completely botched this entire situation, uh, a major organizational failure that's leaving me despondent, that's leaving me aggravated, that's leaving me frustrated – because I, I just don't know how the hell we got to this point. <laughs> no. And there's no going back. The toothpaste is out of the tube. There's no going back. Carson Wentz is now right. a Colt. And we're sitting here left, you know, everyone's staring at each other saying, okay, what now? Yeah. And I, I, hate that, I hate that feeling, man. No, I really no. Because usually, like, like, I'm a numbers guy, and usually there's, like, a finite answer to, like, a problem. Like, I, I mean, like, a number doesn't – the problem is – 
there's this should be like a sports law and order because there's really no because you can like you can guesstimate you can speculate you can do all the eights but no one knows where this went like like you can guess on the number of things that went wrong that precipitated this but it's just it's all subjective like and like and and we'll never get we'll never get the right like the real answer to this like i i mean like usually like i don't know like you can point to like one event and like i don't know me me and roy and jason you probably have to like there are certain things that say oh this triggered it but no one can come to a consensus and i i think unfortunately i think that's like the carson wentz era for me will be so much like there was no middle ground like either like i don't know this was this was the franchise this was the savior and then on on the other end there was a lot of other stuff and well i like roy i don't know if 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 you can tell will we ever get the real answer to the carson wentz conundrum I don't think we're going to get an answer, but I mean, I I think if you want to point to a reason, and again, I don't know if it's a singular, it's no, I'll say this, it's not a singular event, but I think that Carson think, or at least thought, because maybe it doesn't even care anymore, that, that the Eagles didn't really have his back. Like, I, I don't think that Carson felt like that franchise guy. And I know he got paid like the franchise guy and all that stuff, but I, you know, between, you know, the whole Nick Foles, you know, coming back nonsense and the whole Jalen Hurts thing. I don't know if Carson Wentz ever got that feeling that, yo, I am the guy. Like, this team, like Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman and everybody in that front office trusting me, and Doug Peterson, for that matter, trusting me and believes in me and thinks I'm the guy. I don't think Carson, maybe he felt that the day after he signed the contract, but after that, I don't know. And I think that, more than anything, is probably the reason behind this. So what you're saying That's is my there's always been a slight fracture. Like, 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 like it, obviously, like, it wasn't – the foundation wasn't solid. There was always a slight crack. So, so, and Jason, I'll let you, I'm sorry. I'm going to let you let you jump in. I, you know, because we always talk about, and we've talked about how Doug Peterson said, you got to love up on these guys, right? I think Carson Wentz needed a little bit more love. I don't think he got the amount of love that he would have gotten in. Probably, from, quite, from, from quite, organization? Quite frankly, quite frankly, probably deserved by being a quarterback as good as he was, and again, I hate to beat this guy, but as good as he was in 2017 and getting that money, he probably deserved a little bit more love from this organization. I'll turn it over to you, Jason. So, because you're hitting the nail on the head, I think, right? So every a general manager's job, or just an organization's job, is, and let's just use Howie Roseman, for example, because as critical as I am of Howie Roseman, I also think he does a lot of things very well. But as a general manager, your job is to manage in general. Right. Mm-hmm. And that means how you treat one player. You treat another player a little differently. And, and let's be honest, the quarterback just gets treated differently than the 53rd man on the roster. It's just right. that's the way the NFL works. That's the way professional sports works. But I think in this case, yeah, I think Carson needed a little extra love. Yes, I think there are things that they did that, whether it be the contract or taking shots on players uh, or draft picks, that maybe they didn't work out. Maybe in retrospect, they were the wrong moves because they didn't pan out the way that we thought that they would. But there are certain things they did to placate or AKA help Carson. Mm-hmm. But then there was also a lot of things they could have done uh, to, to feed the ego a little bit or just push him along. Maybe he's a little more insecure than some other players. Maybe he needs that little love and attention a little more than some other players. And I just, I'm not sure that they did that. However, you said that the reason that this all kind of went down, you, you said was because the way Carson felt. And I, and I think the reason it all went down, you can just stop right there because of Carson. Mm-hmm. It's because of that. At the end of the day, right, wrong, or indifferent, however we got to this point, the reason Carson went, Carson Wentz is now a Colt is because Carson Wentz no longer wanted to be in Philadelphia. Yes! Carson yes! Wentz made that decision that I don't want all he had to do. Think about this. <laughs> all he had to do. And I said, because I'm not trying to be hypocritical. I said from the jump when Carson Wentz wasn't talking, and he just kind of sat back and he shut his mouth. Mm-hmm. Initially, I thought that was good because, look, what are you going to do? Opening your mouth up. People are going to read into every word that you say. Put more words in your mouth. There's going to be another story, another hit piece, another clickbait article about it. right? So you're better off until this thing settles down. Just shut your mouth. I'm, I'm, I was okay with that. But if Carson really wanted to be in Philadelphia, if he really wanted to stay here the way mm-hmm. that a lot of us want to say, just say something. Hey, I need to get better. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I know 2020 wasn't my best outing. I want to be in Philadelphia. I want mm-hmm. I, I welcome the competition between myself and Jalen Hurts and bettering this football team for 2021. I'm not going anywhere. 
didn't mm-hmm. say that. I'm in so fact, glad. behind the scenes, he just kind of pushed yeah. to ultimately how he had to get a third-round pick and a conditional second for him. That, that, that's all he could get because everyone knew Carson didn't want to be in Philadelphia. Right. I'm so glad our uh, our trade deadline pickup has just worked wonders in the first three minutes. No, like, I, I mean, like, really, like, for me, that's where I've always stood on this was it's one thing to, like, hold yourself accountable, like, within your team. But to, like – and we never got, like – and. And I'm sorry, the public accountability has always been missing for me. And it's like, I, I I never, me personally, never got the sense that Carson, even though there were a lot of parts that were responsible for this downfall, he didn't own his piece. I needed, and like, I, like and for whatever reason, doesn't believe that he played a big part in this, the solving. And, and Jason, like you said, like, he didn't like. Sorry, he didn't go out and the Sean Watson it and say, "Yo, I want to be traded." But just imagine if he did. Like, I, I right. mean, you probably wouldn't even got the third. Like, right. I mean, like, like that's where I, I struggle with. I'm kind of glad Carson didn't say anything because you might have gotten something worse. But it's it's been going on and. Like once he didn't say anything after Sirianni got hired, I was like, "This guy's gone." <laughs> Here's where I struggle with the whole thing, Roy. You know this. Back in the day, we used to do a show together, mm-hmm. and I was often critical of his play on the field, right? Because I was just—it's what I saw. And I, but every post game, he would say, "I got to be better." Right. right. He would take accountability after each and every game, and I was good with that because ultimately, I felt like he was a not elite, but I felt like he had some elite characteristics, elite traits that if he could put it all together, hey, we've got something here in Philadelphia. If this guy can put it together, we, we've seen it, and mm-hmm. it may not be as consistent as we wanted, but we know he had it, right? So I was good with him taking accountability there. But I'm just, I'm struggling right now because I know that, uh, look, we all know he's a good dude. All right, mm-hmm. we all know his Christian faith. We, we Like, we know he's got the parts and pieces for, as a human being, that he's a good dude, right? Okay, we understand that from what we know. Right. But I'm struggling right now because... Right, wrong, or indifferent, I I feel like my opinion is starting to change. Like my opinion wow. of Carson is starting to change, and that frustrates me. I don't want to feel that way mm. because I know that Carson's a good dude, but I can't understand why he had every – I'm upset with him that it got to this point. Put it that way, right? Huh? I can sit here and I can bang on Howie and I can bang on Lori and I can bang on Peterson. I can bang on those dudes for – you can bang on anybody for for their shortcomings or where they went wrong. Where I'm getting upset with Carson is he just he had an ability to make all this go away, to make all this drama go away by just saying, no, this is my city. This is my team. I know what everybody thinks about me. I know everyone wants to say I'm a diva. I know everyone wants to act like I'm not secure in my position, but I am and I'm here. And he didn't do it. In fact, dug his feet in the ground even firmer. And Mm -hmm. now we're sitting here saying, all right. Who's Jalen Hurts? He's our quarterback for 2021. What has he got in the bag? What's the next three years going to be? And we're all completely lost, and I'm frustrated because Eleven had every opportunity to just silence that and didn't do it. But if he didn't, me. but if he doesn't feel that way, and again, why should he? Like, because again, because you had you had you had teammates go to the coach and say, "Hey, you got to put Jalen Hurts in." Like, you had teammates going behind Carson Wentz's back and say, "Yo, Carson Wentz ain't the guy." Like you have, there was other rumblings in that locker room saying, "Yo, we're not 100 percent behind Carson Wentz." No. If you're if you're Carson Wentz, why should you say yo? Why should you double down and say yo, man? Philly, Philly's my home. This is my city. This is, is he the first like, if you player? Want to be? But I agree. And that, look, please understand. Everything I'm saying now is in the moment, and I'm being mm-hmm. devil's advocate. No, no, I'm no, just no, trying, no, right. So no, just moment, hear me out. Is, is he the first player ever to have somebody <laughs> doubt him? Is oh he the first God. player ever in a locker room that somebody said, "Hey, yo, I'm better than you." Finally, all right, you're not all that. I'm starting to see right. this. Oh my God, Jason, <laughs> but I, I always get saying. I always gave him the benefit of the doubt, though. I always said, no, he's just, he's got that quiet confidence. He's that North Dakota that we're not used to. Nah, he just man. does things a little differently. Nah. He's a little, and, and maybe not, maybe, maybe, just maybe, and I hate saying it, but just maybe, mm-hmm. he's not that confident cat that we thought he was. Maybe, <laughs> maybe there's oh some, my truth. God. <laughs> maybe there's some truth to the fact that we might need that... to sign, we might need <laughs> to sign you to like, uh, like the rest of the season. No, I, because I hate this saying is... it. I hate it, but it, it it's my truth right now. I feel like when, vindicated now. I feel when vindicated. I'm looking at it, right, and when I'm when I'm just just using my optics on it, I'm I was praying that no nah, Carson will be here in 2021 because what people are saying about him is untrue. He'll be here and he'll prove all you wrong, and that's fine. But by him not saying anything, forcing his way out, and not 
um, maybe doing what I had expected in my back pocket at the end of the day right. for him to do just right. gives a little more credence and validation to what maybe some of the folks were saying in the locker room as this guy ain't our leader or maybe why some people took towards a Jalen Hurts or a Nick Foles in the past over a Carson Wentz. And mm-hmm. it just, it, it's, it's unsettling to me, right? It's frustrating to me because that's not at all who I thought 11 was. And now I have no choice but to sit here and say, oh, okay, maybe they were right. And I, oh, I hate that. I hate that, man. I really do. So, so, so let's put a bow in it. Because, again, I think we all agree. And Adam Schefter himself said, he said, Carson isn't here because he didn't want to be here. Period. Point right. blank. Like, it's, it is what it is. So how do we remember the Carson Wentz era? Like, how do we, when we go, when we think back, you know, and again, right now it's a little raw, you know, like, you know, emotions are kind of, kind of tense right now. But let's say five years from now. Let's say 10 years from now. How do we remember Carson Wentz? How do we remember this era? Of, of Eagles football because again like the greatest season of Carson Wentz's career obviously 2017 he wasn't on the field when they won the Super Bowl um, outlier, right so That's an yeah outlier. right so like 2017 is probably an outlier 2020 is probably an outlier so the real Carson Wentz is probably somewhere in the middle but again so how do we remember Carson Wentz like what what is his again I guess he's a really good quarterback as, as an Eagle he's a really good quarterback that didn't pan out because you said okay. let his rookie year he showed some really good signs as a rookie. Granted, the numbers, what was he, 16 touchdowns, 14 picks, but mm-hmm. more just his command of the offense, what he was able to do as a rookie was impressive, right? But 2017, clearly at this point, we're looking at it saying that's the outlier. That's his ceiling, right? That's his, that's um, what the best of Carson Wentz that you're going to get. And 2020 right. was the worst of Carson Wentz that you're going to get. So let's look in the middle. Mm-hmm. Let's take those as the, as the, uh, the outliers, and we'll look at the medium which is 2018 and 2019. Well, 2018 was a really good year statistically for him. It was very similar in many ways to 2017. Mm -hmm. And then 2019, what he did, uh, granted he has peaks and valleys, his ups and downs, but at the end of the year, what he did with practice squad guys, I mean, think, I think by and large, the league looked at and said, Oh, hold on. That's impressive, Mm -hmm. right? That's, that's a solid year. So maybe he's not as good as 2017, but he's certainly not as bad as 2020. So 18 and 19 tell me, this is a really, really good quarterback that this whirlwind of events just added up and to, and they could never recover, that it was mismanaged by the organization, it was mismanaged by the quarterback, it was mismanaged by the other 52 in the locker room to where here we are, that we had to move on from potentially what could have been the greatest quarterback that you would have had in franchise history. It was certainly on a path to do that, mm-hmm. statistically anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would look at Carson Wentz and I would just say, lost cause. A loss stop. It was an opportunity cost. So it's it's again why I sit here right now, reaching out to you earlier in the day, saying I got to get these thoughts <laughs> off, boy, right? Because because we're left with nothing but frustration and fear. I'm left with right. fear because the last thing I want to see is him go get it right with Frank Wright in Indianapolis and be yet another example in Philadelphia of the guy that got away couldn't get, exactly. couldn't get it done in Philadelphia, but has uber uber success elsewhere, and we have to watch it. Oh, I can't stand that. <laughs> so, so let's talk about that again. The Carson was traded, you know, on Thursday for a third round pick and a conditional second round pick, which can become a first round pick given playing time incentives and things like that. So, let me just ask you straight up: like, did did the Eagles get fair value for that 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 quarterback that 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 opportunity cost in Carson Wentz? Um, did they get fair value? Yes, they got fair value. It's not okay. the value that anybody wanted. It's not right. the value that we convinced ourselves. Jason, internally. you're making this like really easy for me. I really, you're just kind of, <laughs> no, no, because my initial thought was you see a three and a conditional two. You're like, you don't see the one. Like, I like, you need to see the numbers. You need to see a first round pick. And I, I go back on my thoughts and I'm like, maybe, like, maybe if you got a first round pick next year, because this draft is real weird, like with COVID and everything, the lack of scouting, the lack of personal workouts you're going to get. Maybe you don't want to double down on 21. You can get a, a, like a draft pick in 2022. So I'm like, okay, I'm starting to like this a little more. And then I see the parameters on with the conditions, like um, 70% and making the playoffs. That seems like, I mean, he guys, he played 72% of the snaps last year and he got benched four games with four games left. So, I, I mean, that's a pretty – reasonable expectation and i and like I, jason i asked roy it's like can can can, can frank Reich mechanically emotionally and mentally rebuild this quarterback in an offseason where he is comparable to what they had last year with philip rivers so 
Okay, so it's interesting you bring up Philip Rivers. Uh, a, a couple things. Can Frank Wright repair him emotionally and mentally? Yes, I believe he can. Can he repair him mechanically? That I don't know. Um, and obviously the game plan will have a lot to do with it. But let's talk about Frank Reich and what he did with Philip Rivers. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously he's got familiarity with Philip Rivers. And if you look at Phillip's, uh last season with the Chargers, he had, I think it was 23 touchdowns and 20 picks, uh, QBR of, of 88 and a half. Um, and a passer or a completion percentage, I think it was like 66%. Well, get him under Frank Reich, right? And he gets him to 24 touchdowns, 10 picks, a 97 QBR, 68% completion percentage. Mm-hmm. So his numbers exponentially increased, his turnovers decreased. Now, we know Carson had success with DiFilippo, who obviously was with the Bears, and a lot of people were connecting Carson to the Bears. Right. Uh, we were hoping that was going to be the first round pick that you would net in return. <laughs> uh, but I think, I think to kind of answer this question in multiple facets, I, they can turn him around. And I think the Colts gave up what they felt was fair value. If Carson pans out, it'll pan out for the Eagles. And if he doesn't, okay, well, then the Eagles net a second and a third. Is that what we wanted to hear? No, it's not. Hmm. But if there was really only one team feasibly in this race and it was the Colts all along, the Colts aren't going to bid against themselves. They stood pat. Howie had no choice but to get the value he could get. Um, And so whether we like it or not, that was the market and, and how he did what he could, all things considered. And this is what I don't understand, because again, like you said, like there basically was no market, you know, for Carson Wentz. I mean, there, there, the Eagles didn't have that much leverage with right. Carson Wentz. And then, you know, we've been, we, the, the royal we, have been kind of saying, you know, Carson Wentz is terrible, blah 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 blah. Well, I don't know how you expect, you know, two multiple first round picks for other a guy teams have the internet too. <laughs> you know other teams like, have Twitter too. Like, know, I, 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 I can go, I can go on spot track just like everybody else. I can go on Pro Football <laughs> Reference just like everybody else. Like you know, NFL League Pass, Game Pass is like hundred bucks. I can buy it and watch film. And like, I guarantee you, they have a lot more close sources to this than 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 you or I do. So they they like I, I mean, they're not like Chris Ballard's not going to give up a a potential first round pick unless he's doing a lot of research, and it's not just. Asking Frank Wright, hey, do you think you can fix this guy? Like, I, I mean, like, I mean, they're probably asking Sirianni right now. Like, or they're probably like, that's why I think, like, no, like, I'll say it. Like, I thought they could get a first round pick, but the more I looked at it and like, I was like, no, this is probably the most equi- equitable deal that you're going to get. And, and I think, um, I think Shio Kapati must have said it is like, yo, this is like Carson's last stand. Like, he's not going to like, He's not going to risk his like his like last shot at like being a real good quarterback on going to a bad team like maybe the Bears where there's not the infrastructure there for him to like the infrastructure is here for him to succeed and I just hope that like Carson doesn't think the pressure is off him now because I think the pressure is ramped up. Oh yeah, let's not let's make no bones about this. The pressure is not off Carson Wentz. Yeah. The pressure is on Carson. It's magnified Wentz because guess what? Because yeah, magnified he, he, because he got his wish. <laughs> He's not. He's not going to the Lions. He's not going to like I don't know another team. You have an above average offensive line, probably one of the best in the league. You have young skill players. You have cap space. You have a very. You, you have familiarity. No, like, like there's no excuse anymore. Yeah, like you right. said, you got a top line. You're going to the coach that you felt you had the most success with previously, and the and the most potential to have success with moving forward. Uh, you're going to a playoff caliber team yes. that has Super Bowl expect uh, expectations this and aspirations. Year. This year, right? Not, right. Yeah. You go to Indy and you don't play well. They don't make the playoffs. They have a solid running game. Like, there's literally no excuse yep. for the Colts not to contend he in that get, division. Like, he, he doesn't get a one year pass. It needs to be immediate in your mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's they did. They wouldn't have brought him in if they didn't feel like he was going to be the difference maker. If they didn't feel like that's the whole reason they brought in Philip Rivers last year on a one-year deal. Hey, all right, we've got a chance. Let's see if we can find something now. Let's see, let's see if we can find a little magic now. Uh, mm-hmm. And now here they go out and give up potentially a first and a third. If if next year we're sitting here saying the Eagles got a first and a third, okay, that means Carson Wentz did his job right. in Indianapolis because mm-hmm. the only way the Eagles are getting that first is if he plays pretty well because they have well. to, he's either got to play seventy-five percent of the snaps, <laughs> and if he plays seventy-five percent of the snaps with that team, they should make the postseason or he's got to play 70% and still make the postseason. Either way, it's got, you got to make the postseason for Mm -hmm. Carson Wentz for this to be a success for the Colts. I just died. So in that regard, look, pressure's on. You are not alleviated of any pressure right now. Mm -hmm. In fact, by the way you went about it, you've put it squarely on your shoulders, sir. 
So so let's just put a, a, a bow in the Carson Wentz portion of, of this for a second. And again, let's forget about the draft pick because obviously the draft pick matters in this next question I'm going to ask. But Jason Ashworth, are you going to root, actively root for Carson Wentz going forward? Yes, I am. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, and again, I, I know I said when we when we tip the show off that I'm conflicted and I'm frustrated with Carson and maybe my opinion of him is changing a little bit. But the, I don't root. I don't actively root against anybody personally. Mm-hmm. Um, you want everybody. I mean, that's the fan in us all talking game day. I'll root against him. If the Eagles are playing the Colts, I will root against Carson Wentz mm-hmm. on game day. But I mean, we've had time. We've spent time with Carson Wentz. Like we know who that dude is as a person as best as we can from the outside looking in. Um, I don't. I don't wish ill on the guy. He doesn't talk hard. I know all these hit pieces are coming out questioning his character, and right. you know he's done X, Y, Z. For all intent and purposes, Carson Wentz is not a bad dude, and I don't wish any ill on him. I wish him nothing but success. And as we said earlier, his success will lead to the Eagles recouping a better pick. So yeah, and that, yeah. And that's why I asked you to separate it because obviously, because obviously next year. No matter how you think about Carson Wentz, if you're an Eagles fan, you should root for Carson Wentz to do pretty well next year. You know, just mm-hmm. just from the, the draft pick situation. But mm-hmm. again, Carson Wentz, like yeah. I said, like, I, I don't root against people. I mean, Carson Wentz gave me several very entertaining years of my life, and you know, just for that reason alone, I'll root for him wherever he goes. You know, you know so I'll tell you what, this I, I'll, I'll give you a little sidebar as to why you should root for Carson Wentz because there's a lot of angst in the city right now in terms of. Okay, well, Doug Peterson wasn't the problem, but they fired him. And I'm just mm-hmm. saying hypothetically, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, Doug Peterson's not the problem, but he gets fired. And, and Carson Wentz, for some, isn't the, isn't the problem, but he gets traded. And the one guy who a lot of people, right, you know, whether regardless of where you fall on it, but the one guy a lot of people are aiming at is still employed. Right. And that guy's Howie Roseman. So if Carson Wentz goes to Indianapolis and has nothing but success, mm-hmm. how's that going to look for Howie Roseman? How is Jeffrey Lurie going to look at Howie Roseman and say, you made the right decisions along the way. You helped us keep our franchise. There's nothing Howie would have done that could shed a positive light on how all this was handled. So right. if you're if you're the type that want Howie out, you want Carson Wentz to succeed in Indianapolis. Yeah, no, no, that's like that's the 3D chess element of this. It's yeah. like I like and like I think I tweeted this. It's like man, being a Philly sports fan requires so much emotional bandwidth. Sucks. I like I can't like I can't spend I can't spend any more of it rooting hard for or against another like like uh, an ex player. Like I, I I mean I'm too old to have favorite players. I mean no and like I think Jason I think a lot of people have a hard time like saying Carson Wentz is by all accounts a great God fearing man, but he might not be the best dude to work with. Like sure. it, those aren't mutually exclusive qualities. Like I, I mean, you can be like, and, and and for me, like I like I've never thought ill about Carson Wentz's character. He's probably just like he's probably like and all and all the stories. He's strong-willed. Like I mean, he's always been the alpha, and like I, it's just it just didn't work. And, and like this is, and, and it's gonna take some time. But if I see Carson Wentz like drop a four TD no pick game, I'll be like. Good for that dude. Mm-hmm. That, we're, we're that much closer to a first round pick. Like, no, like I mean, that's like that's just how I'm. Like, uh, uh, like you said, unless they're playing the Eagles. Well, that's a gut. This, this is a gut check for Carson too, because you know where you said he's always been the alpha. Yeah, you, you've always been the alpha until some real alphas step in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, no. You know, that, then we're gonna find out like what kind of alpha you really are. And and I think that might have been a, a wake up call for him, or may have shook him. A Let's hope bit. no, he hasn't because, been able to recover. Because I've always said no, like no pun intended. He needs to have a come to Jesus moment. That'd be sure. like, yo, like how much of this was me, and how and what I need. Because like everyone, when we're when everyone was doing post mortems, like what Doug needs to do better, what how we need, what what tangibly does Carson Wentz need to do? Like I, I mean, does he need to like? And, and I and me and Roy said this a couple of weeks ago, talking about like QB leadership. Unless you are like elite, you might need to like reach around, reach to the room, and kind of like ingratiate yourself. Because like, break, like I'm not like unless you're like unless you are ultimately leading by play. And I think that's what 27 Carson did was he was so damn good. Everyone just had to follow him because he was. The, but like when you're a good quarterback, you might need to like 
I don't like, and, and but that's the hard part about leadership. You can't really quantify it. You just, mm. it just. You happens. either have it or you don't. Yeah, right. yeah, right. and that, and that's why a lot of people kind of have gravitated or what has followed Jalen Hurts throughout his career is you can't really put a finger on it. Mm-hmm. And even even when you see him in the Eagles uniform and he's got that swag, he's got that. You just have that look about him. That juice. That you can just that juice. It, there's just that. It's the it factor, and everybody mm-hmm. says, "What is the it factor?" Well, we don't know. It's just it. You either this have it. it or you don't. Right. And, and I think a lot of the times, you know, that can fall with leadership. You either know how to lead men. You either can garner the room. You can you can uh, captivate minds in a room or you can't. And it's just empty words. And I'm not telling you what Carson is or isn't. I'm not in that locker room. I have no idea. Um, but I, I just mean to to reiterate the point that you either have it or you don't. And Carson needs to humble himself a little bit and, and have some self-reflection. Okay, who Talk am that. I as a player? Talk who that. am I as a leader? Who am I as a person? Because you're, I don't care that he's, you know, 28 years old. I mean, in life, that's a baby still. Right. You're still a baby. So, I mean, he's got a lot of self-reflection to do to figure out how he's going to salvage his career and what he's going to do in Indianapolis. And I wish him well. I honestly, mm-hmm. honest to goodness, I, I really wish the guy well. But this is a good segue on the future of the Eagles because is, like, can we unequivocally say Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback like I don't know for this team. Like you're a homer. Yeah, no, like I because I I mean like that's the part of me that's scared is the unknown. Is I don't know what this team does at six anymore. I don't. Um <laughs> that, well, that was a long get, guess. let's no that let's get the um the elephant in the room here addressed. If the Eagles do not consider a quarterback at six they're doing themselves a disservice. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not the I'm not sitting here telling you that I think they've got to take a quarterback at six. I am not trying to fool anybody and to act like, okay, well, you just traded all those assets to get Carson Wentz in 2016, and then you, you spent the money on foals, and then you go out and uh, you draft a quarter, you, you pay big money to Wentz, you draft a quarterback in the second round. I'm not telling you they've handled the quarterback position well over the last five years. But the so effort's there. But the effort's there. Like, that, they well, know that that's the my quarterback. Point. Yeah. That's my point. The effort is there because this team values the quarterback position. It, it may not pan out, mm-hmm. but they, for what, they invest in it and they value it. So for them to be sitting there at six – and for us to have question marks about who Jalen Hurts is or who Jalen Hurts isn't, because the reality is we don't know, you better do your due diligence. And if somebody is there at six that you say you absolutely have to have, then I don't care who Jalen Hurts is or who Jalen Hurts isn't. Do the due diligence. A good football team knows you've got to have the quarterback. And if you don't have the quarterback and you're sitting at six, and I'm going to completely counter this point in about two minutes, <laughs> but if you don't have the quarterback and you're sitting there at six, you better at least just give it a look. So in terms of what they do, I, all bets are off, man. But if you think they're not, if you think they're not considering a quarterback, I think you're mistaken. You, yeah. ha- you, ha- you have to consider a quarterback at six because again, it's six, and again, it's not. I mean, it's it's a it's a you know, and look, quarterback is the most important position on the whole field. So like, obviously, you need to get that right. And if you're at six, and there's a there's a you know there's a guy who Probably, you know, you know, given your draft boards or whatever, you probably have ranked higher, ranked higher than you had Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts last year. So you really need to think about this. And again, we've seen Jalen Hurts, and we don't know what Jalen Hurts is, but Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, whoever, Trey Lance, whoever's there at six, you probably feel on some level, again, you know, draft, you know, your scouts or whatever, probably feel on some level has more measure or is better, is a better talent than Jalen Hurts. Because again, if Jalen how Hurts often do that, you get a top six pick? Exactly. And if Jalen Hurts was that right, how good, often do you have a shot? He'd have been he'd have been drafted in the first round last year. Jalen Hurts was really that good coming out of school. He'd have been drafted in the top ten last year. He wasn't for a reason, and you know for whatever whatever it's worth. So, you, I don't think they go quarterback like you said, Jason. You got to think about it. You really need to think about. It. And again, we just saw the top two quarterbacks in the twenty sixteen draft get traded in the last three weeks. You know they get they got paid and both got traded from their original team. So drafting that high obviously isn't a guarantee for anything. But you still need to have that discussion. Here's yeah. why I think they roll with with Jalen Hurts. Um, for, for the very reason, and more importantly, why I think they don't draft a quarterback. Well, first of all, I think they need to figure out before they go all in, they got to figure out who they have in Jalen Hurts, right? Mm-hmm. They, at some point, they have to figure that out, right? So, understanding right now that they are, was it $60 million or whatever it is, $63 million over the cap, and they've got an old roster with aging veterans that are injury prone. Uh, they've got a lot of turnover that they have to endure. I think the reason they're trading Carson is they're ripping that Band-Aid off and saying, okay, fine, we're going to eat that $34 million and we're going to endure it now. 
Yep. Okay. And, and then the purge starts because then you need to like I don't know because that band aid was expensive and now you Correct. need to rip all you need to rip all those band aids off and I don't know if there's a veteran on this team that I'm gonna like that is necessarily I don't say untradeable but like is like is one of those expensive offensive linemen like worth getting rid of even though you need and I think this is the fine line of do you can you build a competent infrastructure to know what you have in Jalen Hurts but like I don't like but without like I don't know just gutting it and that's a very good point because you have to have an if you look you if you go out and trot out a bunch of backup offensive linemen or cheap veterans for for Jalen Hurts you're never going to know who you truly yeah however the the trick in this whole sauce is by the time you figure out who you have in Jalen Hurts, and by the time you get your cap situation settled and maybe have a couple drafts where you can build your foundation for the future, if Jalen Hurts pans pans out and turns out to be anything decent, what do you have to do? That's the lottery you ticket. Pay you got to pay him. You got to yep. pay yeah. And, and then yeah. we know in the NFL, you've got to capitalize on those years where you've got yep. a young quarterback that's very promising and doesn't earn that massive QB check. That's that's your window to really start building your organization and surrounding your quarterback with talent to win some football games. And and right now they'd be wasting that. Yeah. No. I no. I I hope Eagles fans realize that twenty twenty one is going to be very lean. And I think it's mm-hmm. just. But like I, I mean, but you need to get that ledger straight. Like twenty twenty one needs to be a financial developmental year, and say you know what twenty like. But like you said, Jason, it comes back to that draft. I, I mean, you need and. You need to find elite players, like I like like that really young elite players. And do we trust that? Like, no, I, no. And, no. And I think, it, it, but it comes back to, like I said, no Wentz or no Wentz. Until you can find elite players in the draft, we're going to be having this discussion two, three years from now. Yeah. And, and 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 unfortunately, it's going to be a different Nick Sirianni. I, I mean, like like that's where, and I think that's where Howie and Doug kind of class was. Howie thought he was giving Doug good talent and Doug wasn't developing them, but Doug's like, these guys suck. Like, but like now you have a different set of ears and, and coaches to say, this is all Howie saying. I know it wasn't me. It was Doug, but I don't well, know. It, it's, it's, and, ha- and I, I agree with, you. I think Howie is saying that because for all, if you're listening to whoever you want to listen to, or, or if you're connected, wherever you're connected, the thought is, that there was this divide come draft day and the coaches were on one side and the scouts were on the other side. And the coaches said, now we need Rager for X, Y, Z. The scouts said, Hey, Justin Jefferson's the better player. Um, the coaches or the scouts said, Hey, this Jeremy chin guy, you know, he's a good player. A lot of people agree. The coaches said, well, Howie and Lori really said, ah, well, we like this Jalen hurts cat. So I think there's that big divide. Now, obviously a brand new coaching staff in there. We talk about Carson being self-reflected and humbled a little bit. Jeffrey Lurie better be Mm self-reflective and humbled a little bit to understand his role in all of this, because as I've maintained throughout this entire process, if you're mad at anybody, you're mad at Jeffrey Lurie and you just don't know it, but that's the guy, that's the main culprit who allows all this to happen. Can't find the owner. Agree. Can't find the owner. Can't find, I I get it. Right. But he's an enabler. Like you said, and you're just as guilty when you're the enabler. Oh, but Jason, like you said, he feels (laughs) like, like he feels when he got that Super Bowl. He's like, yo, let me play with this toy a little more. Because before that, you really didn't see him playing with the toy. But like, I, I we mean, didn't see it. I don't know if it happened. Yeah, or not. We didn't see yeah, it. But now it's more. And and the only thing you can do, hope for rich people, is hope they get embarrassed enough to stay out of the limelight. Because really, this has been the most heat Jeffrey Lurie has gotten in a long time. And maybe this is, like you said, self reflection for him to be like, okay, let me not talk up J Jaw and let and let the scouts and and whoever do their job and but we still don't know the answer and like i I mean this i mean it's all like it's cliche but this draft is really damn important (laughs) it it really is and and the we're no experts right and i i would never sit here and try to tell anybody that the the youtube videos that i watch at home (laughs) and the all 22s that i have access to (laughs) you know have any weight or merit because they don't in comparison to what scouts actually do on a day in and day out basis right Right. i think anybody that sits at home on their computer and acts like they're a scout okay that's just silly but i think to a man or a woman whatever we're saying in 2021 the reality is you can tell 
there are certain players that you can tell can play the game of football. They're just mm -hmm. better than other people that you just you've got a sense that when that person's on the field, he's just elite. He's just got something that other guys don't have. And I think too many times the Eagles anyway, just get cute. And they try to say, well, I know he's not quite as good as this guy, but we can develop and develop him into X, Y, Z. Stop getting cute, especially right. in 2021. BPA all day, every day. And if that means you get Jamar Chase at six, fantastic. And Chase is gone, and you're telling me that on your board, scouts, not necessarily coaches, but the scouts board, you're telling me it's Pitts? Fan-freaking-tastic. Mm -hmm. Get me BPA, get me football players throughout the seven rounds, wherever your picks may be. Stick mm -hmm. to your board. and But, but – in fairness, you've got to make sure that you understand and you've properly evaluated the, the, the folks in your organization that are creating that board, right? You have to be self-reflective on them and understand, do I have – who the hell is creating this board? Mm -hmm. How are we getting these names on the board? And are we following it come draft day? Stop with the game. Stop with getting cute. Just draft some football players, man. Well, so, now, so let, me, let me let me turn this around, I'll, and I'll, I'll bring it to you, Chris. But let yeah. me turn this around and ask both of you guys, because again, you know, we watch our fair share of YouTube here, and, and we think we know some things about about this draft. What do you what do you see the Eagles doing at six? And what would you do at six for the Eagles, depending on how you think the board's going to shake out? What do you what do you see? What do you see them going? Where do you see them going? What would you use? Well, you already said Jason, best player available, but but who in particular do you have? I mean, Jamar Chase is probably your guy, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. I don't know if he is though. Because okay. what if, what if for whatever reason, um, Miami makes a trade out of three, mm -hmm. right? So Miami, or, or I think Miami to me, Miami's the linchpin. Yeah, because I have no, I, I have an idea yeah. of what Jacksonville's going to do, and I, I think we all have yeah. an idea of what the Jets may do. Miami could swing a couple different ways. Again, I think we have an idea of where Atlanta may go, may not go. Same with Cincinnati. But if I'm sitting there at six, and if Sewell's available. Yes. I get it. Maybe, yes. maybe we don't yes. want it's not the sexy pick. I understand that. But if I'm going to people get watch the Super Bowl, the people watch the Super Bowl that know like quarterback, I, don't you? Trenches. Like, <laughs> right. like that's what I think like people like we, people forget about the football Bible. Is like I don't know, mm -hmm. build the lines. And, mm -hmm. and and I think that we were we the Eagles, Eagles and Eagles fans have been spoiled that they've had a really good line for a long time. And Correct. you know what happens? Like and 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 the one year where the line, I don't think it was god awful, but it wasn't good. This is what happens. So you know what? Go back into that. Like no, like I'll say Penny Soul's like my number one. Like I don't know, he's my preferred choice if he's available. Like I, I mean, like if he's if he's available. Again, we said if you're not looking at quarterback, you're doing yourself a disservice. If he's mm -hmm. available and you're not seriously considering him, you're doing yourself a disservice. For years, we were spoiled with those bookend tackles. Right. right. Yeah. And you've still got Lane Johnson on the right. And look, maybe Mylotta is going to, he had up and down last year, but maybe he is going to be your left tackle. Maybe Dillard isn't as bad as we think he is. They've already invested a first round pick in him, and he's it's a name that we often forget about or overlook. He's still on the roster. So maybe they won't, in fact, draft a tackle. I, I don't know. If he's there, I give it serious consideration. If he winds up going, and now we're, now we're looking at maybe a skill position and Chase is there, okay, that's, I, again, I would love to go mm -hmm. get myself a, a number one or a guy that we say can be a number one. Uh, I'm not opposed to Pitts either. I, because, it, again, if he is just that much different, if he can be a difference maker, regardless of the position you're at, and I know we're saying a lot of sexy names, tight end right. and, and wide receiver, just go out and get me the best football player on your board that is there, regardless of the position, because this team, needs. A, they, they have so many needs. And I'm not, I don't draft on needs now. I, that's not what no. I'm saying. You know what they but need? You elite players. Good football players. No, they <laughs> need elite. They need yeah. blue chip players. And they have not been able to either a, acquire them in trades, free agency. But the good teams acquire the blue chip players in the draft. It's and yeah, I want a pro so, bowler. Get me a pro bowler. Yes. I don't is care. What give me a pro bowler. Right? <laughs> is that too much to ask? Like, I, I mean, can, I get, can I get just a couple? No. Yeah. All right. I, I mean, it'd be great to get a pro ball skill player, but I'll just ask for a pro ball player. No, like this is where I am. Like, just I just need blue chip players, and and everything else will follow. Like, I like I don't care. Like, because this is blue chip players make up for other flaws on your team, and like I don't know. For the longest time, they've asked for the same guys to cover it up, like the Fletches, the the Grams. They like. They're getting old. You need other guys 
to step up and cover up. Like, and that's for, for me, like, obviously Carson did a lot. I, I thought that a franchise quarterback like him, because I thought he was for a long time, could cover up flaws. And I don't know. And he couldn't here. And that's where either you don't have flaws or you just build a rock solid team around the quarterback. And for me, the Hurts thing, the not, like the salary is way too important. There's a reason why most a lot of rookie quarter guys guys on rookie quarterback deals made the Super Bowl because the teams are so stacked around them. And I well, want to build that team. That's how it works, right? When you're a quarterback mm-hmm. and you're on your rookie deal, they build you with a lot of talent around just to see who you are, let you develop, understand what they've got in the room. When they pay you that big contract, they're paying you that big contract because they're saying you will make you. The guy we're giving all this QB1 money to will make up for our deficiencies in other right. areas. So all the arrows, the, the spotlights get put on you because, yeah, I get it. You had weapons when you were on your rookie contract, but we saw you. We believe in you. We've entrusted you with the ability to overcome the deficiencies when we don't give you, you know, your million dollar, your hundred million dollar line. Or when we don't give you all the pretty toys on the outside or in the backfield. So that's something that Carson struggled with in 2017 when he had all that. And the the line was healthy and he had good running backs and he had capable and complimentary wide receivers. And they had a great defensive line that got pressure when he had all those parts and pieces. He looked pretty damn good, didn't he? And when Mm -hmm. those things started going away, some of his warts started to get exposed. And we realized, okay, maybe he isn't the guy that can operate when everything's not perfect and in line. Yes. So, so, but here's the thing, but here's the thing though. So, so now we have the quarterback on the rookie deal, which is great, Jay Leonard's or whatever, mm-hmm. but you don't have the money to put those pieces around him because, again, you're not just yet. Egregiously, not yet. Agree, uh, well, not yet, not yet, because you're egregiously <laughs> over the cap. So, again, yep. what's going to happen this summer? What's going to happen this offseason? Because, again, you got a lot of money, especially in that defensive line that you're going to have to try A lot of veteran jerseys going on yeah. sale at Dick. Who's not going to be here in August? That's my question. Well, they've, not gonna be they've already made, they've already made the post June one um, designations for. Alshon Malik, Jeffrey, Malik Jackson, uh, yeah, right? They've right. restructured that contract. They got them both to $2 million. So even if they do cut them pre-June 1, they're only on the hook for uh, $2 million each. And I think that came with the caveat that if they are still on the roster, they got a $25 million contract guaranteed for 2022. So that all but tells you, okay, those two are gone, right? right. And it, they'll carry a cap hit of about two, $2 million each. Right. I think you'll see those two gone. Obviously, they're going to look – I think – I say obviously – I think they'll look to trade Zach Ertz. I don't know mm-hmm. what the market will be anywhere from a three to a five. I think it's fair to accept yeah. um, for, for Zach Ertz. Uh, <laughs> there's a couple names that I don't really. No, Jason. Want. What is your what is your so, like shock cut or trade that a that shock it, cut? If you're going to shock everybody, you're going to say, okay, I'm going to trade Darius Slay, Ooh. right? Because you're going to mm-hmm. look at him and say, well, he's 30 years old. Right. And this team isn't ready to compete. He's still got value. And if I let this contract play out or try to trade him next year, what am I really going to get for him? I don't know. He didn't perform to the level that maybe we expected him to last year. So in reality, depending on what they do in the draft, because they could go with a corner to pair, I I don't know. But Mm -hmm. in reality, his value is still pretty strong in the market, right? There are teams that would give you something for Darius Slay. That could be a name where we're all sitting here saying, wait, after a year? Right. You only gave the guy a year and you moved off from him. If the Eagles are truly in rebuild mode and they don't think they're going to be ready to compete for another year or two, then it doesn't make sense to have his salary. It doesn't make no. sense to have a player of his caliber on the defensive side, in my opinion. So that would be a name that would probably surprise some folks, but I think is more realistic than we want to admit. Yeah, yeah. A shutdown corner on a team that's going to be 5 and 11 is, is basically worthless. I mean, like, I don't I right. think there's really no point in, in the Darius right. Slay. Um, although, like you said, like a lot of people would be would be surprised by that. Um, that said, you know, we're talking about cutting guys. They're going to have to add a guy and specifically add a quarterback. Um, because again, there's the, the pro football talk story from earlier this week that said that Jalen Hurst is going to have to battle for that QB one spot. Um, is there anybody on that free agent market that that's not going to be too expensive that that kind of catches your eye, Jason? Kitten, well, nobody catches my eye, uh, uh, which yeah, is part of the reason yeah. why I said I don't want to get rid of the lever. <laughs> um, I, I think uh, Brissett is probably a, a realistic option because mm-hmm. he has a history um, with Sirianni, um, and he put up decent numbers with the Colts. Right. Uh, when he was in that offense. So I think just from a familiarity perspective, it wouldn't hurt to get uh, Jacoby in camp. Uh, if anything, just to kind of help Hurts with the offense, be a guy that that understands the system a little bit. Um, but I, I don't, I mean, I don't think there's anybody out there that's going to come right in and just take the job. When they say oh, no, no. he's going to compete, it basically just means 
we're going to have another body there, but right. you're not going to sit here and trump the second round pick, you know, right out of camp. So yeah. I would just think it's a guy that probably has familiarity with Sirianni's offense or, or can teach Jalen Hurts some of the intricacies of the X's and O's and more of a camp presence in a backup role. Yeah, it's a, it's a better than Nate Sudfeld, but he's not really going to be the guy. Oh, well, guy. no. Jeffrey Lurie says Nate Sudfeld's got a lot of promise now. Uh, uh, that's a lot right. of I, promise I, now. Yeah, I was forgetting right? about that legendary legendary game against the Cowboys uh, from Nate Sudfeld. Well, he was Sudfeld. the backup quarterback um, in the Super Bowl. Come well, on. Yeah. What if Foles well, would have went down? That, that's true. <laughs> a lot of trouble putting him. <laughs> One snap away. One snap away. Right. Always. <laughs> so we are roughly, and again, I don't have the exact dates, but we are roughly a year and a half away from the Carson Wentz Bowl because the Eagles play the Colts in 2022 in Indianapolis. I'm going to ask both of you guys to, to put your thinking caps on. All right, I guess, I guess get the crystal balls out for a second. Who are the quarterbacks on both of those teams in 2022, the Colts and the Eagles? Holy sucks. <laughs> it's one year, it's a year and a half away, but it's a long time in NFL year, so. Who's the starting say, quarterbacks? Who's the I'm sorry. Who's the starting? I mean, yeah. Let me let me be clear. Who are the starting quarterbacks for the Eagles and the Colts in 2022? Let me let me be clear on that. Yeah. We don't even know if it's at the beginning of the year. Or yeah. Year. Well, let's just assume it's October. You know, it's October. You know what? I'm gonna make the bold statement and say neither. Well, no. Give me no. Give me a name. Don't oh. do that. Give me a name. Oh, geez, give, me a name. give me geez, names. Geez. I need names. We're name. We're name show here. I wish I was like more in the college football because I would say the. Like the 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 quarterback du jour because I really believe the Eagles are going to be picking high next year also. So oh, will, I, I yeah. Mean, yeah, so that's where like like obviously you need to do the due diligence, but I think the Eagles are going to get a couple shots at drafting high in next year. So I'm going to say so I'm quarterback gonna say, quarterback X next year from college for the Eagles. Yes. All right, and what about is it what about the Colts? Carson J. Wentz or is it somebody else? Um, you know what I'll say, Carson. Because okay. I think, like, I, I, because for me, I think Carson will play good enough, but I, but, I, but I don't think he'll be carrying anybody. Like, and I think he'll still be the. They're going to ride out Carson for two years because he's under a pretty manageable cap number twenty three and twenty three and change the next couple of years. So yeah, Carson right. versus quarterback A. All right, we got Jason. I, and I hate, I hate agreeing. Um, <laughs> just because it doesn't add any context or flavor. Yeah, but yeah. In reality, yeah, I think Carson is probably the safe bet there. And and I, I wish I could say it wouldn't be Jalen Hurts. Maybe it's just the optimist in me thinking, okay. Mm-hmm. And looking at just reality, right? And um, rationally speaking, it would make sense. It would behoove the Eagles to develop Jalen Hurts in 2021. And then if you found something and if he can be that option, then he would be your quarterback in 2022. Right. right. But all things considered, I, I think the Eagles would be picking high uh, in 2022 and there should be like there are in 2021, mm-hmm. a handful of some pretty solid quarterbacks coming out in that draft. Again, we don't know them yet. Right. Um, I know, I know that there's a lot of highly touted guys, but let's see how they do in college <laughs> next year. Let's see how all that process works out. Um, the, the good thing is, and I don't know that we we can say this, mm-hmm. not to get off on a tangent, Roy. No. I don't know that we've been able to say this in the past, but it's no longer where there's only a handful of options, right? It's no longer where there's like one quarterback coming out in college or two quarterbacks coming out in college. Recently, we're seeing, hey, you, there's like three or four guys mm-hmm. that are legit that we think are going to be legit quarterbacks. So that crop of kids always, at least recently anyway, seems to be infused. So for the Eagles, if you're in, if you're a quarterback needy team, uh, there's, there's going to be guys to pick from. And if Jalen hurts, isn't the answer, um, especially with potentially recouping a first round pick from the Colts, the Eagles Mm -hmm. will have some ammo to be able to move up in the first round to go get their guy. Should he be coming out? So that quarterback a or quarterback X, whatever that we don't know about Mm -hmm. would certainly be a reality. The silver lining with this whole thing is it's the NFL. And teams, if you get a couple off seasons right, you're back in the mix. Question is, can they can they have a couple of good off seasons? It's not, it's not just and I, I know we want to hammer the draft, but it's also signing a free agent on the cheap. It's sign mm-hmm. it's getting like that's where I think 2017 gets lost, is how we just hit a grand slam in 2017 with those free agent guys like Chris Law. Like like the the Patrick Robinsons the like Blunt, he hasn't yeah. he yeah he hasn't who, what last good free agent has he signed? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and look at it this way too: 2015, James Winston goes one, 
And then uh, two is Marcus Mariota. Okay, yeah. so Jameis Winston is okay. He's gone, and all Tampa Bay did go out is sign Tom Brady, win a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and Marcus Mariota's gone, and all Tennessee goes out and signs Ryan Tannehill, and now they're a legitimate, a legitimate playoff contender in the in the uh, the AFC. And then you have the very next year, Jared Goff goes one, and Carson Wentz goes two, and Jared Goff <laughs> is gone, and all the Rams did in the meantime is bring in Matt Stafford, and now Carson mm-hmm. Wentz is gone to Philadelphia. And we don't know where that's going. But my point is, these mm-hmm. teams are moving off these guys. Yeah, right? no, because they no, don't even have to though, hold on to them with everything they've got. There are other options out there, and they're backfilling and having success. No, I think I, I think the Wentz mm-hmm. and the Goff thing has told you, don't ignore the dead cap. Because, I, mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's saying if, if a situation is untenable, the team is going to eat it. And, like, I think that's what – because, because uh, like, and numbers guys like me should be, like, weary about these dead cap numbers. But – when it, like the Rams, they like people forget they they traded Brandon Cooks, a wide receiver, and ate twenty million in dead cap. You think they're not going to eat twenty million dead cap for Jared Goff to get car to, to get Stafford? Like it's, it's not my like, money. Yeah, no, it, it's like you gotta look, and it's like you gotta look at like the locker room element because like I think that's what people kept saying. Oh, Carson might be back because like he wasn't coming back to that locker room. Like I, I mean, like especially with that, like. And it seemed like there were factions. Like, I mean, like, and we could say, like, the vets wanted Carson. The young bulls wanted Jalen. It's like, that's not a recipe for, like, a, a good locker room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, no, I, when I mean, quarterback's I, not your – yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jason. Go ahead. I was because anytime you've got division in a locker room, I mean, yeah. that's – if you uh, – a locker room divided, that's not a winning culture. And that's something that – look, Doug did a really good job with that early. And that's, yes. in large part, that blend of youth, that blend of – veterans uh, on both sides of the ball was in part why they won the Super Bowl in 2017 and then it eroded and it started deteriorating and Mm -hmm. it wasn't just Doug's fault it wasn't just Howie's fault it wasn't just Carson's fault it was the locker room's fault yeah no because it it was a team that job to keep it together as well it was a team that got fat and lazy that were still mm -hmm. they were living off that Super Bowl more than the fans were like I I mean it's like like you couldn't play that hungry dog element anymore no underdogs it was like I, I mean like they weren't holding each other accountable that like, I really feel like that's an mm-hmm. underplayed part in all this. It's like, like the, like obviously you want your coach to hold, but the players should be doing that to each other. But they don't check each other. Yeah. And I think, right. uh, you know, the sign of a good locker room, but you know, whether you're, uh, we keep saying whether you're the quarterback or the 53rd man on the roster is you've got to have the ability to check somebody and be able to take being checked. And I think there were a lot of inflated egos. There were a lot of quote unquote leaders on that team that either weren't checking others or didn't take too kindly when they got checked because oh. they had this, they had this inflated sense of self, right? Cause yeah. now look, I'm a Super Bowl champion now, exactly. right? Or a multi time Super Bowl champion, depending on who we're talking about. So yeah. I think, I think that had a lot to do. With no. I, and I think that's an organization. That is the reason for this organizational disaster is everyone was looking for clout. The GM was looking for for power over the coach. The coach was like, "Yo, I I want a Super Bowl. Let me coach. Stop giving me a hard time about my staff." The quarterback, like, I mean, it's just, and, and that's why it's like obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. It's like they held on to like a lot of these guys, and like maybe this is what happens with championship teams. It's like you try to milk that crew too many times. You know what it is? It's it's a sign of immaturity. It's a sign of you can tell that this team ain't used to winning. Despite what we want to think about the Eagles, despite the fact that that's our squad and we grew up with them, and you could tell that that locker room, top to bottom, from the owner to the GM to the coach to the players, they weren't ready to win a championship. They did, and they stumbled upon it, and they got it. But what they did with it when they had it, it didn't motivate them to go change the new norm as as they wanted to label that. That's all great, and it it sounds nice, and it'll make for a lot of fancy headlines. Fantastic. But the reality (laughs) is everybody wanted some clout, like you said, or we're going to do a new book deal here. I'm the new leader now, or whatever it may be. Everyone kind of got a little fat and happy, a little full of themselves, and they wound up running around like they've done something, when in reality all they did was scratch the surface and now right. they are they took one step forward and now five steps back because of it yeah and and you know when we got to take a couple steps out of here because we, our time's almost up but before we sign off as always jason please let the folks out there know how they can kind of check you out online 
Oh, very simple. If you dare, you can hit me up on Twitter, all, <laughs> all Ashworth, at all Ashworth. That's just so you know, it's all my tweets. It's all my opinions. If you dare, like I said, don't have a lot of fans, but the ones that do, enjoy the show. <laughs> The man is not. The man is not. He he is always up for engagement. So if you uh you want to have a discussion true. about the Eagles and and other things, again at all Ashworth on Twitter. Again, he will he will. Uh, yeah, I, I was gonna say bait you. Bait's not the right word. He will he will. No, I'm gonna give you my opinion. Yeah, I'm gonna give you my opinion. I'm gonna give you my honest opinion, whether you like it or not. I'm not gonna <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna beat around the bush. Let's have a real conversation. Exactly. Real conversations are kind of kind of uh, lacking these days on, on social mm. media. But but thank you, Jason, as always, for joining us for a real conversation. Here on 106.5 FM, WPPMLP Philadelphia. We are out of here. Until next week, Mr. Domingo, take us out, please. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you guys. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Yes, I booked it. And just like that, you finally booked that break with free cancellation at Booking.com. So where are you dreaming of? The fresh air of the ocean? Or maybe it's the mountains that are calling. When you're ready, just go to Booking.com or check out the app and filter by places offering free cancellation. Booking is easy. And if something comes up, change your plans and book for another time. Hassle-free. Book your stay today with Booking.com. Terms apply available at selected properties.